choosing between the good and the bad. Anybody can do that. You can do that without God. But the high road is choosing between the good and the best, and always choosing the best. Welcome back to the Baptist Friends Podcast with Dr. Clarence Sexton, where we gather around truth, friendship, and world evangelism. Today, he begins a new series, Taking the High Road. And now, here is Pastor Sexton. I'm so very happy to have the opportunity to talk with you today. All of us embody a message. We, we think we really are concerned about the message we give, but God is concerned about the messenger. And as the messenger really lives the life that God has designed for him to live, then we become a message. And for me, I want to continue to follow the Lord, and I want to encourage you to follow the Lord, because Christ is worthy. There's no doubt about it. He is worthy. Years ago, I heard an expression. I don't know where I heard it or where I read it, but it impacted my life. And someone said, take the high road, take the high road. I think that expression has been with us for decades, maybe centuries. And it embodies a certain philosophy about, about life. And when we deal with philosophy, how we think, my conviction is that our philosophy as Christians should grow out of our theology, what we know to be true about God. And so when God put in my heart in 1978 to start a college, it really meant that I wanted to try to teach people uh, to serve the Lord in every walk of life. So that's what Crown College grew out of, that desire. And from the very beginning, we've said to people, take the high road, take the high road. And I say to you, take the high road. And I had to give that some definition. And so I began to teach our young people and all people that the high road is not choosing between the good and the bad. Anyone can choose between the good and the bad. You don't have to be a Christian to understand the good and the bad. But to take the high road is to choose between the good and the best. The best being our unending pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the high road. In every decision in life, take the high road. In every choice to be made about your own personal life or ministry or your work and your workplace, take the high road. It's not choosing between what is good and what is bad. It is making a deliberate choice between what is good and what is best. Is this the best? Keeping in mind that the best is the unending pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ and to do what he wants us to do, what he would be pleased with. And you can talk about any area of life and you can deal with it with this philosophy of the high road. Anything from what you're doing to learn or what you're doing to look a certain way, take the high road. Take the high road. Don't just settle for mediocrity. Don't settle for just any old thing. Don't settle for just choosing between that's good, that's bad. No. What is the best? What is the best? Live on the high road. And so there are certain things that I've taught through the years that have to do with living on the high road, taking the high road. And the high road, number one, primarily, is, is making God our goal. So what does that mean? I didn't come up with this expression. 
B.B. Warfield, a famous Presbyterian preacher, came up with this expression, to the best of my knowledge, that our goal is always God. God is our goal. We want to please Him. We want to do what we would do in His presence. We ought to live consciously under the ruling presence of Almighty God. And so, does this please the Lord? Is this God's way? Is this what the Lord wants? And we just seek to please Him. God is our goal. And we can elaborate, elaborate on that in, in many ways, and I hope that you will do that. You think about in your own life, as we're talking here together, how you make God the goal in your life. My wife and I have been married for 50, 52 years, and uh, she and I love one another. We started out very young and um, committed our lives to the Lord and to one another. I knew, interestingly enough, that I was making a covenant with God. I surrendered my life to the Lord as a 17-year-old and wanted the Lord to be pleased with what I did. Of course, I didn't become perfect. No one does. But I was serious about pleasing the Lord. And I wanted God's will to be done in my life, especially in that area of my life. And I believed this is what God wanted. And I, I just absolutely um, just said, Lord, is this what you want? Is this your choice? And so God is my goal. And on the high road, make God your goal. My wife is not even my goal. I want to please her. I want to help her. I want to encourage her. But if I'm able to give her the proper place that I should be giving her as a devoted husband, I have to have the Lord in his rightful place. And having the Lord in his rightful place allows me the ability to give her her rightful place. I can be a better husband because the Lord is above all things. So God is our goal. The second thing on the high road is don't make a goal out of a byproduct. Uh, for example, uh, we can say, this is what I want to ultimately do, and we get our mind on some particular thing we want to accomplish, and really that should be a byproduct. The goal is God, and so don't make a building or money or anything the goal. That's a byproduct. Now, that's that's the way the Lord has designed this Christian life. And if you make a goal out of a byproduct, then you weaken the goal. So the byproduct must remain a byproduct. This is what happens when I do this. This is a result of this. Um, it's a deep subject. It takes lots of thought and meditation to understand this. At least for me it did. But I don't ever want to make a goal out of what is a byproduct. And so that brings me much short, too far too short of what I should be doing with my life. And so God is our guide. He's our supply. He may use many people as vehicles and vessels and channels, but God is always the source. And we keep this in mind. So don't make a goal out of a byproduct. And we remove all secondary causes that's the third thing we do on the high road. In other words, something may happen and you think that's primary. No, that's not really primary. That's secondary. What's God speaking to you about? How's the Lord trying to get your attention? What is it God wants through this? We have these events take place and we react to those events almost to the point where 
Uh, we're uh, uh, an echo and not a voice. We're all together reactive and not active. And so we're talking about um, what is primary and what is secondary. Most of our lives are spent responding to secondary things, and we never really see how God used that. The difficult thing in life, at least for me, after half a century in the ministry, as a man and as a friend, as a father, as a husband, as a grandfather now with wonderful grandchildren, is determining what is of the Lord and what is from me. What are my choices? This is what I want. This is the way I want it. And I'm telling you, the older you get, the more you seem to struggle with that because you have your mind set on certain things. But what is it God wants? What's the Lord's idea in this? And if you start asking, why did this happen? It's all right. It really is. It's all right. Why did this happen? But keep digging. Don't stop there with a question. Um, because God has something in it for us to see and to learn. And so remove all secondary causes and see what God is up to. I said the harmony between God's will and my will, my choices and his choices. We want to see how God works, how we work, and how we work together with God. So just think about it. On the high road, you understand and remove all secondary causes. Another thing on the high road that affects our lives is that we're waiting on God, and waiting on God is never a waste of time. I get fussed at sometimes by people because I delay in things. Well, I must delay because I don't know exactly what to do at the moment. I don't have the answer. This can come with employees or decisions or when to do something. Timing is very important, and waiting gives us clarity. I remember talking to Dr. Ben Carson. He was with us for three days at one time, and we talked about a lot of things, and he spoke to our, our group of men, and he was such a blessing. He came to Christ as a young person. His father was actually a Baptist preacher, and his mother found out that his father had a, another family in the South. They were living in Detroit, and that blew up their home, and some people came in to help them in every way, especially help his mother. But uh, he was telling me about his work as a surgeon. I sure respect Dr. Ben Carson. And he said at times some of those neurosurgical surgical procedures last for hours and hours and hours, sometimes over 20 hours. And he said at times I reach a, an impasse in the surgical process. And he said, and I'm sure I'm not getting all the details of this, but he said, I'll ask the surgical staff that are aiding me in the, in the procedure to make sure that the blood is taken care of and all of that. And he said, I go to a private place and pray, and I actually ask God what to do next in that particular surgery. And he said, I'm telling you, the Lord gives me direction waiting on him. And it's hard to do that because everybody's pressing you, he said, but God gives me direction. And that's just like the Lord, isn't it? Isn't that the way the Lord works in your life? As you wait on him, it's as though the dust settles, the water clears, the sight becomes better as we give our attention to the Lord and put our eyes on him, as we wait on him. And so, though you may be considered by some to be inactive, not responding quickly, 
not answering quickly. It's all right to say, let me have a little time about this. Let me pray about it. Let's talk about this in a few days. That's all right. That's the action people take on the high road because they're choosing between the good and the best, and they want to know the best, and the best is what pleases God in the unending, unending pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ. So settle in your heart and mind. Let none be ashamed that wait on God. That's what God teaches us in his word. So waiting on God is never a waste of time. On the high road, we develop the right worldview, and our worldview ultimately is seeing things the way God sees them. And you plug some things in, frankly. You plug, uh, you plug mortality in to your worldview. You're only here for a short time. The 90th Psalm talks about threescore years and ten, if by reason of strength there be fourscore years. Yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow. For we're soon cut off and fly away. In that same Psalm, the Lord teaches us to number our days and not just number our days and think about how long you live and everything God gives every day. He gives every day his presence, his power. He said, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. He says, goodness and mercy shall follow thee all the days of thy life. But we number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. The second coming of Christ is in our worldview. We know the Lord is coming again, and we should live in that imminency of his coming. The, the fact of the matter is he could come at any moment and call us to be with him, and it'd all be over. And so we get so upset and so troubled. Let me stop. I get so upset, and I get so troubled about things that should not upset me and should not trouble me. What about you? Do you, do you get upset and troubled about things that really shouldn't be troubling you? This is connected with our worldview. Where is God in our worldview? The Bible teaches he's before all things. He's always previous. Nothing catches him by surprise. This is a part of living on the high road and taking the high road to develop the right worldview. How does God value things? What value does he place? He says, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Think about that. On, on the high road. Think about it. If you have everything and lose your own soul, if you do everything for your children, I do everything for my children, and they, they don't count God in the right, right way in their lives. Um, listen, it's not just about living here to the fullest, having abundant life now. There's life beyond this, but there's life abundant here and now, but I believe only on the high road when we apply these things in our lives. Uh, the sixth thing I say to people on the high road is that we're to be hopeful people. There's so much negative talking, and unfortunately, I've done so much of it. I truly have. And uh, we must remain a hopeful people. Be a hopeful person. Um, I, I think we can't always talk about death and dying. We can't always talk about the worst outcome because we're discounting God. God can come through. He can break through. And even if the Lord doesn't give physical deliverance in a matter, he can come to us. And his presence makes our circumstance beautiful. The victory is not in getting rid of something. I always say to people, uh, most of us would have prayed 
if we'd have been Moses, that God killed Pharaoh and everything would have been easier done. But God didn't kill Pharaoh, and he doesn't kill your Pharaohs, and he won't kill my Pharaohs. But he'll go with us to face them. We can be hopeful in the fact that God is with us. He will never forsake us. And this isn't just a point to make. It's a way to live, and that we are to be hopeful people. Right now, with what you face, are you hopeful? Are you really hopeful? I remember early on in the ministry, my pastor, Brother Hagen, was trying to help train me as a, as a young preacher. And one of the things he did, he wanted me to respond with him and sit beside him when he dealt with people in the altar at our church. I was 18 years old. God had called me to preach. And uh, he wanted to help me. So I would sit and listen to his conversations as he talked with people. I went with him to the funerals, and I listened to him. I walked with him to the graves, and I listened to him. One day in the church service, a woman came forward, and Brother Hagin sat beside her. And she went on and on and on about all the bad things happening to her. And he said, as he blurted it out, has God forsaken you? And she said, why, no. God has not forsaken me. Then he says, well, you're better off than you think you are. God is with you. Be hopeful. Can I say to you, be hopeful. The seventh thing on the high road is that we are faithful witnesses. I go soul winning. I encourage other people to go soul winning. Don't get mad at me for this. I teach people to win people to Christ. We define successful soul winning as going in the power of God's Holy Spirit, giving a clear presentation of the gospel, and bringing a person to the place of receiving or rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going, we're making an approach, we, we turn the conversation to spiritual things, we give a clear presentation of the gospel, and we bring people, we draw the net, we bring people to the place of receiving or rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. I've written a book about it, Fallen Christ and Fishing for Men. I hope you get the book. I think it'll be a help to you. But more than having a time to gather together and pray and go soul winning, Every day of our lives, every place we go, we should be faithful witnesses. The word witness is an interesting word. It comes from the same word we use, the word martyr. And the Lord Jesus says in the 24th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke that we are witnesses. That's a noun. And we are to witness. That's a verb, witnessing the verb. So the word can be a noun or a verb. And the noun comes before the verb. So if we recognize that we are witnesses, we know what he's done in our lives. We know that we've been born again, and we know how we came to Christ. We can make that clear presentation of the gospel by giving our personal testimony in my life before receiving Christ, how I came to know Christ as my Savior and what he means to me now that I'm a Christian. We can be faithful witnesses. And everywhere I say to people when I'm teaching on evangelism, personal evangelism and witnessing, there is planned evangelism. We've got a name of someone, we've got an address of someone. We're going to go find that person and talk to that person about whether he or she has trusted Christ as Savior and truly knows the Lord Jesus as their personal Savior. But there's also contact evangelism because we meet many people coming in contact with them where we shop, uh, where we do anything we're doing. We come in contact with people for the most part. And we need to learn how to turn those conversations to spiritual things and start talking about how to know Christ. 
And so on the high road, we live the life of a faithful witness, a faithful witness. And may God help us to be faithful witnesses. There's so many things I'd like to talk to you about. I've got a list of them, and I look forward to us getting together again uh, on this little podcast we're doing and trying to be a blessing to you. And I want this to be something you can apply to your life. I'll begin, God willing, next time with giving God's Word authority over our lives. We have Bibles laying around everywhere. But do we give the Word of God the authority over our lives? We'll begin with that next time we meet. God bless you. Pray for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Baptist Friends Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. And join us next time as we continue to gather around truth, friendship, and world evangelism.